again, and welcome to Coffee and Baseball. Well, uh, thanks for starting your morning with us. Uh, I'm Bernie. I'm Ryan, and it's been a long time. We it's are finally back. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's been over a month. Um, unfortunately, we both have jobs that have prevented us from talking about baseball, except for via one, Slack. One might argue, fortunately, in the pandemic, but uh, in the podcasting sense of it all, quite unfortunately. Uh, Ryan, how you been? Uh, you know, pretty great. Pretty great. Pretty busy. Uh, trying to catch as much baseball as I can. I feel like we have so much to catch up on and then also not because at this point it's almost old news. So, so We're going to mix and match today. Yeah, you know, get through everything. See what fun let's, stuff. Uh, let's start it off hot. Uh, every episode we rant about uh, how the Astros cheated uh, and stole the 2017 World Series. I figure why not just make it the first segment? Uh, this is your this is your weekly reminder, you guys. The Astros cheated in 2017, stole the and, World Series, didn't get the banner taken away. Uh, they didn't get punished as players. Uh, they act like uh, they didn't do anything wrong. Their fans pretend like uh, the championship is valid. And when they played the Dodgers this past weekend, uh, someone paid to fly a banner over the stadium that said "Astros cheated, bang bang." <laughs> got him. <laughs> That's all I got. I don't want to belabor it, do you? Yeah, well, you know, and then the other thing that was great is in the, even in the middle of the pandemic, uh, probably like 40 fans stood on the corner and yelled at their bus when it drove by. So probably didn't hurt their feelings, but good effort. Good effort. But it really does show you what, like, what was going to be this season. You know what I mean? It's like the fact that, oh. like, we're in a global pandemic. There are tons of protocols that are keeping people away from, like, going to the stadiums to boo the Astros, and yet, like, we find, like, these fans are like, I will do what it takes to get my shot. You know? I'll figure like, out a like, way to boo the Astros. Yeah, it, 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 it just, it makes, it's ha- it makes me happy, right? Because it's like no pandemic will stop us from booing you. And it makes me sad because it makes me think, like, my God, if these people were given no restrictions, it Look, was going to be beautiful. If there <laughs> is in-person baseball next season... I don't think any of the anger will have dwindled. I think they'll get it just as bad. The question will be, you know, are all the players still there? Because Springer, I believe, is a free agent after this season. If I'm not mistaken, Springer is the only free agent that's probably that could possibly leave. All so right, well, I think we'll be safe. As long as we can boo Bregman, I'm happy. I'm happy. It's Bregman and it's it's Altuve and it's Correa and Correa who. Uh, talks a lot. But anyway. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's uh, move the, on. The Dodgers clinched, Ryan. Uh, that's the big news of the day. Oh, they did. Uh, oh. Your Dodgers. Oh, uh, were they the first to clinch? I think so. <laughs> they were they the could. first to clinch. Uh, you and I have talked about this uh, offline, off the pod, several times. It's it's pretty impressive that they've been this dominant despite their best player, let's say best offensive player, really having a terrible season uh, in Cody Bellinger. And it's more uh, than just yeah. Belly. I mean, Belly's, you know, the most noticeable because you go from MVP to, I don't know, he's batting in the 200s. He's batting 208 or something. It's yeah, something low really 200 for him at least. But Muncy's slumping. Uh, Jock has never warmed up this season. And you've got a lot of guys that have contributed in the past that really aren't this year, and yet they're still winning games. I mean, there is Mookie who is, you know, having an MVP season. 
Moogie's having an MVP season, and, and we're going to talk about MVP candidates yep. later, so maybe we'll, we'll kind of circle back to that one. But, but yeah, what happened to Belly? Say, I'm impressed. You know, I, I, I don't know what happened to Belly. We, we can, we can go. We have another section on that as well that we'll, we'll dive into more. But it is, it, it's sad to watch. I keep thinking it'll break out of it. Season's almost over. Although I did say to you, uh, you know, maybe he's doing the reverse, right? He's uh, been really great during the season. And not showing up during the postseason, so maybe he's reversing it this year. Not showing up during the regular season—that's got to be a postseason breakout, right? You know, the fan in you, the fan in me, agrees with you. The fan in me, <laughs> the everlasting optimist, says he's saving it. He's getting his timing down. You know, once he breaks out of the slump during the right time, it's just going to work out really nicely. I, I do. I will say this, and this is the last thing I'll say on this this Dodgers team. Uh, Belly's got the talent, you know. Like it's it's he he wasn't some kind of one hit wonder last season, and you're like, yeah, you know, it was kind of a high babbit, or he got lucky, or whatever. Like this dude absolutely has the tools, so I can see it. Uh, I I you know I'm rooting for it. I root for good players to play yeah, well. Yeah, of course, of course, as do I. We don't want to see anybody, even if they're not your team, do poorly. Yeah. Well, unless they're the Astros. Unless they're the Astros, which we already ranted about, which means we bring won't it back around. Bring it back around. It. <laughs> All right, what's next? It'd be Brian? amazing if we could figure out a way to end every segment with a except for the Astros, fuck the Astros type of thing. I, I probably could. I probably could. Uh, let's get into what we missed while we were gone. Uh, we're gonna go through these briefly because uh, it's been so long. It's not. It's not particularly entertaining anymore. Uh, the Indians, uh, Zach Plesac and uh, Mike Clevenger, uh, are both uh, punished, have been punished thoroughly for basically breaking pro- COVID protocols. Uh, yep. Plesac with an all-time YouTube video or just internet video where he, while driving without a seatbelt, uh, basically ranted about how uh, he did nothing unsafe and the media twisted all his words. Uh, again, while not wearing a seatbelt and driving and filming himself. And... Uh, and then he goes on to rant about how the media twisted his words and then describes the, quote, real story. And the real story is exactly what the media reported. That was a fun one. Uh, Clevenger's now off the team. Uh, Plesak got uh, put in the offsite for long enough that uh, he loses another year of service eligibility, which means he's going to lose a bunch of money. Uh, yeah. And, and then there was a whole drama where the whole team had like a... a, a players only meeting and they basically were like if these guys are playing we're protesting so which is fair i mean they they had zero regard for anybody else and you know a lot of the players have families and stuff like that and they're they're following protocols they're trying to be safe so it's kind of like everybody has to to a degree totally and and no maturity you know like everybody can mess up you know i look at the story of the the basketball player rudy gobert the first guy who kind of in sports famously you know contracted the, the disease oh, yeah. and he made a joke of it at the beginning right and that's kind of why everybody was was dragging him but then you know he was like apologetic and he was like i was wrong and I, honestly like i i think anybody can can fuck up in life i really do and i think that mature adults apologize and yeah, well, that's you the, know it's, it's just like it's about being mature i think if you can apologize and actually take ownership you know you can right. kind of get forgiven for anything i mean look at Although, did A-Rod ever apologize? I'm going to say, look at A-Rod, but I don't even know if he apologized. Did A-Rod? You know what? A-Rod admitted to it very strongly. Okay. A-Rod, A-Rod admitted to it. 
So there was no... I think that's what annoys people about Barry Bonds, is that everybody knows he did it and he won't admit to it. I mean, his head only got to be the size of a watermelon. (laughs) You know what's funny is a lot of people actually argue, look at Michael Jordan's head and how big that head got when he got older. Uh, I don't know any science behind the head growth of a normal human versus... Yeah, I guess that's true. Versus a steroid person. It's just, it always... I also also think like, well, MJ also got bald, so it's kind of like, does it look bigger? You know, I and I no. I'm if you look at him on like the Pirates, analysis. and then now, I mean, maybe you get old man weight. So hey, who knows? Uh, before we get into B, uh, because this will lead right into our next topic is, you know, we had a mini, quote unquote, trade season uh, that ended up being a lot more active than mm. anybody expected. But the team that went for it, that made the most trades, I believe the most trades, was the San Diego Padres. Yeah. Padres are all in on this season. They picked up uh, Clevenger. They picked up, uh, oh man, I'm going to blank it all right now. Uh, The outfielder, power bat. uh, Let's see. The outfielder, power bat. Yeah, it was... uh, well, Clevenger was the big pickup. Uh, Clevenger was a big pick, but they they kept going. They picked up a catcher. They picked yeah. Up, well, they uh, picked up um, the Mariners catcher, um, whose name also escapes me. So this is just the greatest. This is a terrible uh, section that will be edited out. They got <laughs> they got Mike Clevenger. They got Greg Allen and a player to be named later. Uh, they acquired Mitch Moreland. Uh, Thank you, Moreland. That's, that's who of. I was thinking of. Yep. And then. Uh, well, they got Jason Castro from the Angels, a catcher, but Austin Nola from the uh, uh, yeah, and from Nola. the Mariners is the big other name that they got, who has been playing really well for them too. So, yeah, I mean, I love that they're going for it, man. I mean, it's you love seeing the the small market teams and especially kind of the teams with young cores, uh, really just be like, you know what, our window's open now. I mean, <laughs> just go for it. And it's a it's a shortened season, you know. I. Uh, not to pat myself on the back, but I do believe they were my pick uh, for our surprise to, you know, be be in the playoffs this year and actually be good. And I think they're only like three and a half games behind the Dodgers in their division right now, uh, which is pretty it was amazing. A strong pick, especially because you picked them before we knew about the new playoff standings. Or, yeah. Excuse me. The playoffs formats. Uh, which yeah, I think they would still back of the Dodgers. They would ESPN still make the playoffs if yeah. we didn't have that weird they, new do, playoff. Do, do, 32, 32. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, they would be in the absolute driver's seat for the wild card if uh, if the playoffs were a normal playoff bracket. So sure. yeah. No, you're you were right, Vickers. You Thank were right. You. I was Thank wrong. You. We just talked about maturity and admitting that you were wrong, and and everything I predict in this podcast. Basically, the opposite happens, and uh, you got the Padres right. Well, I was, and I was wrong about most things, but the Padres I'll take credit for. Uh, ten games left in the season. Uh, let's see what you know happens. But that brings us to our next segment. Let's, uh, you know, I have two more. Uh, well, let's just jump right in, I think, to uh, players that I, uh, I think are officially broken. All right, uh, fair. Let's do it. We got, we've got about two weeks to go in the, ba- in the regular season. Uh, and it was a short season, so, you know, we spent a whole episode talking about how we didn't want to overreact, and then we kind of jokingly overreacted. Yes. 
Always. And now the season's pretty done. I'm going to run down a list of uh, three hitters, three pitchers uh, that I think are broken. That you know we can officially declare that their season is bad. Uh, and uh, you know, you tell me what your thoughts are. You tell me if you think they're broken, broken, or just uh, you know, just maybe an off year. Uh, okay. For pitchers, I got Madison Bumgarner, whose ERA is about 8.53 right now. Uh, that was a a, a sharp fall. Uh, Young phenom from last season, uh, probably everyone's favorite uh, young new pitcher, Chris Paddock. From the speaking of the Padres, uh, yep. the the season's just not where it should be. I think ZRA is around five. He's not getting wins, even though the team is playing really nicely. Uh, Charlie Morton, who's like kind of the what would you say, the comeback kid for the Devil Rays or for yep. the Rays? Yep. Excuse me. Uh, who everybody loved as like a Cy Young dark horse, and everyone's like, no, he's old, but he's good. He's terrible. Uh, and then from the hitters, we've got uh, Christian Yelich batting, oh, about 200. Uh, he's getting, you know, a couple home runs and a couple of steals in this season, but the Brewers have uh, not been good. They're right now uh, 23 and 26. Uh, and, uh, you know, who knows if he's still kind of working his way back from that pretty bad injury last season, the kneecap, uh, but it's not looking right. Uh, J.D. Martinez, uh, you know, the man who just, every, they just call him the professional hitter, you know, he's... Uh, Every season, 300 with, you know, 35 home runs. Uh, obviously, the counting stats aren't there this season, but it just dropped off. Uh, and then last uh, and potentially least, <laughs> Cody Bellinger, uh, Ryan's guy, uh, the young phenom, the uh, the heir apparent to Mike Trout uh, in terms of best player in the game, in my opinion, at least. Uh, and, uh, you know, 208 batting average. Uh, the team's been great, but he's been pretty bad. And... Uh, yeah, Vickers, what are your thoughts, man? Well, for starters, let's dive into to Bumgarner. I mean, I, I'm kind of surprised when it comes with him because, oh yeah, you know, while I thought his contract was a little much uh, for where it seemed like he was in his career, he's not that old. Um, I think he's early 30s. He's 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 like shockingly young because he's been starring in the postseason ever since he was like 20 years old. Mm-hmm. So you so, think he's like 35, but he's actually like 31 or 32. Yeah, you feel like, oh, you know, he, he's like 38 years old. And then right. I think, like you said, he's like 31. He's 31 years old. Now. Yeah, he's 31. And he uh, turned 31 this season, too. So, like, he was yeah. 30 for, well, for what would have been the first half of the season. You know, so uh, when there was talk of the Dodgers signing him, not the, the biggest fan just because Giants and – Dodgers, you know, rivalry, but you still thought, hey, you know what? He's a workhorse. He's going to get you uh, outs. He's not going to be your number one. But if you slot him in as like a three, you know, a four, I mean, you think in your head like, oh, that's a that's a great uh, one to start closing up your rotation. And man, he's been bad this year. And the big thing mm-hmm. that they've noticed is his velocity's been down like like 87, 88, and he's normally like low 90s. Right. Which is always confusing to me when a pitcher is a low-velocity guy, and then they're like, well, his velocity's down. And I'm always kind of like, why should that matter? Like, <laughs> he's always a deception guy anyway. It's always his release point, yeah. you know. It's always the difference between his fastball and his, you know, his changeup. Uh, but apparently, it, you know, apparently it's real. Yeah, I think my opinion is, you know, I think he'll come out of it. Uh, not this season. But I think he'll do some work in the offseason. He'll figure it out. I think you've got a new team uh, that's not very good. So, you know, 
motivation wise, what is your motivation? You know, you're playing on a team that's not very good. Uh, you probably aren't putting in your full effort. Plus, got the shortened season, everything. I, I, I call this season for him a fluke. Um, I think he'll be back next season as a, you know, solid back end pitcher. Um, Chris Paddock, you know, I, I, I would say the same thing for him. He's young. I think it's just had a, a bad season. And the problem with the 60 game season is when these guys hit slumps, uh, they don't have any time to break out of them. You know, there is, it's like you're in a slump. Oh, well, season's over. You know, especially if yeah. you're a pitcher, you're starting once every five, six games. It's like, you know, you're well, and especially a young pitcher too. You know, it's the league adjusts to you. You adjust back, yep. but if your adjustment is taking place in the middle of a super short season, yeah, it's gonna look bad. And his, you know, his K's aren't the worst. He's got about fifty-two strikeouts on the season, which That's is okay. like pretty good. You know, not not to get too stats heavy, but I feel like we can all appreciate a pitcher with strikeouts. Well, his, uh, his WAR is better than Bumgarner's. Bumgarner's was uh, negative point eight. <laughs> his is point two, so at least he's uh he's know. like basically a replacement level player i just i you know i i came into the season being really excited for him uh unlike charlie morton who i think is a very boring player and yeah tampa is just one of those teams no matter how good everybody tells me they are i rarely find myself watching their games it's, there's something about no it. and i always feel like it's a myself. fluke you know when they were in the playoffs i was like yeah you're gonna lose next round you know and then <laughs> they just got blown out um, although they got blown out by who'd they get blown out by, Bernie? Tampa? I don't know. The Astros. Probably the Astros. Oh. <laughs> so does it count? I don't know. And then uh, you know, let's go to uh, uh, Belly. Belly's. Let's like, go to the elephant in the room. You know, I I honestly just kept thinking uh, he was going to break out. He hasn't. Um, I think his biggest issue was, I, I brought this up before, he mentioned that he worked on his swing to change it again this offseason. And it was like you had a four, you were batting almost 400 uh, last season and your swing was good. You just kind of blew it in the postseason, which to me says it's a mental thing, not a swing thing. And in the offseason, he tweaked with his swing again. So... To me, he looks lost at the plate. He's swinging like his old self before his, you know, uh, adjusted swing that got him the MVP. Um, I think he's going to have some uh, hard thinking to do this offseason to to get himself back in to where he should be. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It kind of reminds me of, um, I just saw this interview really recently, like within the past week. Uh, it was a Baseball Tonight interview that they did with Pete Rose. Uh, and it was probably like four years ago. But they, uh, Pete Rose basically said, if you're in a slump, do not change your swing. He was like, your swing got you to the big leagues. He's like, if I'm in the slump, I would do one of six things. And it's basically adjust where in the box you're standing to one of the four corners, yep. choke up on the bat or choke down on the bat. And he's like, do not change your swing. Your swing got me to the big leagues. And the very first thing I thought was, Cody Bellinger, change the swing. <laughs> yeah, because now he looks lost. The swing doesn't look new. It looks like a combination between... Uh, something he's trying to do in the swing back when he was a rookie uh, when no one had figured him out yet he had that super uppercut swing that he was oh, yeah. blasting home runs but it's like people just pitch him low and inside and he swings at that garbage every time still and it's like 
you're back to your old your old ways. What what does crack me up still though is like, uh, you know, they made it to the postseason, and I think the Dodgers or ESPN somebody posted a graphic of like you know Dodgers first one, and they've got three players on there, and it's like front and center is Cody Bellinger, and then Mookie is behind him. And I think it was like, you know, Kershaw or something over there. But it was like, eh, it's maybe, like, <laughs> maybe it's time to adjust like, well, that a little. It's well, it's funny. It's it's a very like ESPN like like. Hey, have you guys actually been watching this year? Because yeah. uh, <laughs> that graphic says otherwise. I don't think I'd put him front and center. Yes, I know he's kind of the face of the team. He won MVP last year, but he's not performing like it this year. So, yeah. Well, not to yeah. I mean. You know, there's always a reason. I, it's dumb. It's like I get it, but also like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know, the former MVP Mookie Betts, who's having another MVP caliber season. Whatever, you know, it is. It is what it is. Who, let's be honest. What's the what's the real value in getting angry at like an ESPN you know graphic? Yeah, I mean nothing, nothing at all. But. Um... We'll see what happens to him, you know. And then, uh, of course, Christian Yellick, that's a surprise to me because uh, he just seemed like a very consistent player. Uh, he seemed to kind of find his groove, you know. Uh, again, it's it's hard to get mad at players or give them too much slack uh, during a shortened season, you know. I feel like sometimes guys can't find their groove and then they're probably being harder on themselves because they're like, hey, we don't have as many games to figure this out. And they're putting more pressure and more pressure. And then what do they do? You know, they stink. He's also on not a good team. Same with J.D. Martinez. You know, they've got uh, Red Sox will have a bright future. But currently, you know, not much Well, it's weird because uh, Yelich should be on a good team. Like, they've been good in the past. And then the only difference between last season and this season is that all their pitching got healthy. And it's funny because, like, their pitchers are, like, pitching pretty well, but it's just not – I think the bats are all quiet for uh, for the Brewers. Um, yeah, it's like – and it's like, I, you know, when the team's hot, people get hot. When the team is slumping, it can, you know, resonate throughout the whole team. So, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, should we should we hop on over to kind of our, our playoff predictions and, yeah, and of course. jump into it? Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking through ESPN.com for the standings. They've got playoff percentage odds. Uh, for them, the AL is 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 already set. The lowest odd team that is you know above 50 percent, well, really above three percent uh, in the AL is 96.9 percent of the Toronto Blue Jays, and the highest percentage odds team that uh, isn't going to make it, according to their predictions, is the Seattle Mariners at 3.2%. So, according it's to them, a, we don't need to play the last two weeks. That's the incredible. <laughs> the AL is that, set. There's a couple teams within two games. Like, the the Mariners are two games behind the Astros for that second slot in the AL West. Uh, as it stands right now, in the East, Tampa number one, Yankees number two. Uh, in the Central, Chicago, White Sox number one, Twins number two. In the AL West, A's number one, Astros, unfortunately, fuck the Astros, number two. And then our two wildcard teams being the Blue Jays and your Cleveland Indians. Uh, <laughs> so I, uh, I I see the, the Orioles are within about four games of a spot. And the Mariners are, are really within two games of that second spot. They're the, they're the team I could really easily see sneaking in there. 
Um, but how do you feel about kind of ESPN's decision? Yeah, that, I don't. Uh, it's over. I'm like trying to understand it. Um, I think for the record, I think it's like more like gambling odds. Let's say. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, it's very odd. Uh, you know, the Astros haven't played that well, so the Mariners making up two games to me doesn't seem wild. Uh, yeah, I think the idea is that even if the Astros get caught for that second spot, they will still be in the wild card. Uh, what I think is wild is that the Mariners are only two games out and they're given a 3% chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's got, really weird. We've got 12 games to go. Because like, if you go over to the National League, it's like, you know. It's wide open. It's wide open. Uh, Except and I, for, of course, the Dodgers. <laughs> and I don't feel, well, the Dodgers and the Padres are the two, Todd, Dodgers, Padres, Cubs, and the, Cubs. And the Braves. That's what we've yeah. got locked. But as far as right behind that, Marlins, Phillies, uh, Reds, Reds Cardinals, Cardinals, and Giants. I mean, this is what I don't like about this new format. You've got a team that's 500, a team that's 489, a team that's 490, a team that's 500, and a team that's barely over 500. And all of them have the chance, a very solid chance, to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll i be honest. I'm kind of, uh, I like that. I like that more teams are in the hunt. I'm not gonna lie, and I like that like the last two like the last two weeks of a baseball season should be the exciting part. Like, I feel like you can you know you you get up for opening day. You know, the first week, second week, you're like, oh man, here comes my team, and then it's kind of time to hit the snooze button until the All Star break. Yep, absolutely. You know, and the trade deadline, and that's when you can really start paying attention again. Th- those last two weeks should be a sprint, and in the NL we have that, which is awesome for me. Yeah, I mean, so it's yeah. you know, it's better than like I said, what 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 we're seeing. It's uh, I, I don't know. There, there was rumors that the MLB want to keep this playoff format after the season, and I'm like, can't do it. It's going to diminish contract value. It's going to you know, it's like you gotta. I can understand uh, the wild card from one game to three games, but that's about it to me. Yeah, I kind of honestly, I'm I'm. I want to see how this postseason plays out before I make a judgment. I'll say that. Uh, I was a huge proponent of when they expanded the wild card to two teams. I love the play-in game. Huge fan of the play-in game. And I love the idea of more than like, God, like what was it? Like like 7% of the league making the playoffs or whatever, you know, when, when there were only three teams and then four teams. Uh, so I'm going to hold my judgment. Uh, but in the NL, uh, I don't know who you think is going to make it. But personally, I think that in terms of kind of the teams that are 50-50, where essentially only, oh, let's, let's just go division by division. Uh, the Braves are obviously going to make it. I think the Marlins are going to beat out the Phillies for that number two spot. I hope I think, so. Yeah. I think the Reds are going to beat out the Cardinals for their number two spot. I think the they should. I really think they even should. Even though, yeah. I, just, I think there's too much talent there. I think the team's getting healthier. Uh, and then my wild cards, I don't think the Giants are going to have enough gas, so I think it's going to be the Phillies and the Cardinals. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the Giants just don't have a whole lot going for them, and they're just kind of lucking out because of this weird format of a season. 
They've got uh, some nice hitters that have kind of had some really surprisingly good seasons, like Donovan Solano and I think his name is Matt Yastrzemski. Or I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah uh, he's a. Uh, I think his grandfather was it his grandfather or his dad played and was like an all star. So somebody was named Carl Yastrzemski back in the day. I think so Red I wasn't Sox. Sure if that was his kid. But Red that Sox. Could I think be. grandfather, if I'm right. Yeah. Um, they've been pretty nice, and the offense has been shockingly good. Brandon Belt finally having the season that oh, everybody finally. thought he'd have forever. Uh, so they're like, you know, it's like good for them. I just I think they're going to run out of gas. I don't think they have any kind of pitching to carry them. But, you know me, I'm always just analyzing stuff based on, like, well, do they have pitching? <laughs> yeah, it's true. All right, so let's move to our wonderful MVP Cy Young predictions. Yeah, two weeks to go. Uh, I I put together a list. Uh, do you wanna? Do you have any kind of a list? Do you want to just react to my list? Uh, I'll react to your list because honestly, uh, I haven't been paying that much attention uh, <laughs> on the on the Cy Young uh, uh, level for some reason this year. And I think again, I'm gonna blame everything on this. I think it's just a shortened season. Like I don't feel like. I've paid that much attention to opposing teams' uh, pitchers right now, uh, except yeah, for the Cubs. I I do think you know you Darvish should just get it because the the comeback uh, alone is kind of phenomenal. You know, well, he's been good. I or excuse me, he's been great. I thought he was going to be good. I did not think he's going to be this good. Uh, but he is the man. Let's start right there. Um, in the NL, uh, I had Yu Darvish as my runner-up. I think he's probably had the best season so far. Uh, I mean, you talk about, I think he's like 7-0, and oh, maybe 7-1. and one. Uh, The Ks are like super high up there, 79. His ERA is below 2. His whip's below 1. He's just been dominant for a first-place Cubs team, which is always, you know, a huge bonus. And in the last uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 games... He's really turned it on with basically 10 or 11 strikeouts every game. Uh, he's won like seven of his last eight games. Uh, seven and two, by the way, for that record. Uh, yeah, he's and, – and, you know, every game a quality start. Uh, he's been dynamite. Um, I think, for me, my number one pitcher that I'm going with for the NL Cy Young is Denelson Lamette. Uh, more strikeouts is kind of the uh, – is kind of the reason why I picked him. Uh, that and well, I guess they have the same amount of they basically have the same amount of strikeouts, and he has less wins, and he's got a higher ERA. Now that I'm saying this, I'm wondering why I picked Nelson. I think that in my head, there was kind of a hype train of the Padres kind of being the fun story this year, uh, and so I kind of gave Nelson Lamet the the push uh, over him. I would say that like there's also something to be said for like. You Darvish is kind of thought of as a uh, was good pitcher, and like now it's like fun that he's good again. So Man, he's there's a really part of me that almost year. says the narrative is is kind of stronger for Denelson Lamette. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That's my pick. What are your thoughts? Uh, I like I said, you know, I think they're solid picks. I would go with Shane Bieber. I think is is good AL. Yeah. Nelson Lamette Bieber's the clear cut yeah. guy in the AL. Yeah, I would I would go with you, Darvish, over the Nelson. But it all depends on what narrative we're following. Like the San Diego narrative is a really fun one for everybody because they've been made fun of for years. They've been terrible for years, uh, and this season not only do they look good 
in their brand new uniforms. Hmm. But they're a lot of fun. Everybody's paying attention to them. They have a lot of fun when they're playing. So I think it'll be easier for them to start, you know, racking up the awards uh, in the offseason. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the mentality I had. I was like, their stats are pretty much negligible. I definitely give the advantage to you. But the the storyline feels a little bit more pro Padres. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't even – the AL is interesting just because – Bieber's clearly the guy. He's, he's got the pitching triple crown going there with wins, Ks, and ERA. Uh, but the race is loaded. I mean, Trevor Bauer's having an amazing season. Lance Lynn's having an amazing season. Garrett Cole is still Garrett Cole. And even Liam Hendricks is having a phenomenal season for a closer. But I, I think that one, it's kind of – there's no real debate. I think it's got to be Shane Bieber. For the – I'm sorry. I zoned out there. For, for the – for the AL Cy Young. Oh, Cy Young. I thought you were saying for the AL MVP, and I was like, wait a minute. No, Bieber's an interesting choice for the AL MVP. Uh, I Maybe that will jump us, dive us right into it. Uh, despite the fact that Jose Abreu is having a phenomenal season, a uh, lot, a lot, a lot of RBIs, and the uh, the White Sox are looking uh, pretty good, uh, I, I gave the advantage to Bieber. Uh, I think that his team is better, and I think that his uh, – is his team better? I'm double-checking this now. Uh Oh, I lied. <laughs> Bebreu's team is in first, uh, so his team is not better. But just because Bieber hit the pitching triple crown, I felt like that's kind of the gimme MVP. Uh, Which is always fun criteria. when they do that, right? Like when a pitcher not only gets a Cy Young but an MVP because I think sometimes pitchers get overlooked in that front uh, because they play once every five, six games. And it's Definitely. like, you know, these guys really, really can make a difference just having one ace on your team. Or two or I three. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> the more, the yeah. better. Uh, Says the Dodgers fan. Yeah, who this year our pitching is uh, suspect. Yeah, we'll call it very, suspect. Very suspect. Now NL MVP. You know, I I agree with your choice. Uh, you know, Tatis Jr. Uh, most fun player I think still to watch. Um, I think Mookie is right behind him, uh, but yeah. I think his narrative is going to get him uh, the MVP. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of the key word that you've hit on there, which is obviously what my picks have been, which is that, like, A, you got to have the stats to be basically in that top three conversation. But then, B, I think the winner tends to be the narrative. Correct. Uh, and Correct. I think that the Tatis narrative is fresh and new and awesome. And even though he's been slumping, I don't know, for about a week, it honestly hasn't been that long in real baseball terms, but in shortened season terms, you know, it's been like 10% of the season. Yeah. Uh, he's been slumping a bit. Like his average is down to like 283 from like 320 or wherever it was for the first, you know, two months, month and a half of the season. Uh, and Mookie's been great. Mookie's, you would argue, right, best player on the best team argument, it's Mookie Betts is the MVP. But I just think that... From the narrative standpoint, it's it's Tatis Jr. Yeah. And, and I think it's Tatis by a mile. I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, Mookie, at, at a minimum, is at least proving why he signed such a massive contract in the offseason and making sure there are no questions about it. Yeah. It's uh, good for Mookie. Uh, again, another thing I was wrong about. Uh, I'll admit it. <laughs> I thought yeah. Mookie... I thought he was fluky bets. Uh, I thought he had one really amazing MVP season that happened to coincide with the season that the Astros 
you know, cheating bench manager and Alex Cora became the Red Sox, we'll say probably not cheating manager in Boston. Uh, even though they did get punished for that. I don't know. I'm not going to get into speculation, but uh, I thought that uh, it coincided rather conveniently, and I thought that uh, Mookie was a good player, not a great player. Uh, good for Mookie. I always like Mookie Betts as a, let's say, a character in the game. Uh, and, you know, go Dodgers, I guess. <laughs> go Dodgers! Um, let's keep moving on, though, because I this is the rant I love to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about, you know, we already know, you've pointed this out to me a few times, how much you have issues with some of the lists that are put out. Because yeah. especially in baseball, they like to pull these lists out of the weirdest places they can just so they have something to write about. They need content. And this screams that. Uh, I was looking the other week and I saw MLB.com ranked uh, – the MLB Young Stars Power Rankings, and uh, it was the top ten. And I'm just want to read it uh, to start because I think it's, I think it it is well intentioned, and I think it just yes, this is going to turn into a rant. I think it gets a little off the rails. Uh, number one, Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, number one, don't get me wrong, yeah, he's number one, but bit of a prisoner of the moment situation happening with MLB, uh, and that's kind of the theme of this list. Uh, number two, Juan Soto. Uh, I like Juan Soto a lot. He's really fun. But he was really fun, like, last postseason. And I would probably put Ronald Acuna above him. I would maybe put Cody Bellinger above him if you're just talking about, like, watching somebody's game. Juan Soto's, like, he takes a walk as funny as anybody. Like, it's like him and Puig are, like, you know, battling for who takes the, the funniest walk. Uh, but first two, you know, not any crazy disagreement. They are both great. Number three, they go headfirst into Luis Robert or Luis Robert. Uh who's going to be great, and he is really good, but it's just he's been in the big leagues for not even a full season. Nope. He's you know he's not hitting even 300. He's good. It's just number three on the list is very high when like Cody it's Bellinger is really 24 high. years old. I mean, there's so many good young players happening right happening. There's so many good young players uh, that are really fun to watch, not to mention like a lot of great like pitching. Like like again, I'll jump on him. Chris Paddock is just like this absolute bulldog of a young pitcher. Uh, but, you know, we'll get down to that further. I just think they're a bit more going hitters. The number four, they go Ronald Acuna Jr., who, again, I think probably should be number two. But, uh, you know, again, let's say top four, nothing outrageous. Uh, I probably wouldn't put Robert there, but that's about it. Then number five, they go Dustin May. Uh, and and Dustin May's electric. His stuff is great. Uh, he's not good right now. Like, he's just... He's fine. He's, he's got good stuff. Good he's not right now ready. He's his ERA is well. He's got a good ERA, but but we shouldn't look too much into ERA. He he basically never wins ball games. He the Dodgers do not let him pitch very long. He might honestly he might long term be a better reliever. That's total speculation. I don't want to be like held to that kind of a prediction. Yeah, I just think it's a bit. I don't to think Dustin he'll be May a better reliever, but. Well, let me let me. Uh, well, sorry. Yeah, I'm not gonna cut you off. What are you? What are your? What are your thoughts on Dustin being number five overall? Um, I think that he shouldn't be number five. I think it's a weird number five, especially on this list. I think this list is all over the place with what we're picking. All over the place. Um, but I do think he will be great. I wouldn't be surprised if he was on this list. 
Uh, he's just not number five. I think if he kind of, and I, I know this is crazy to say for somebody who's, you know, whatever, 22 and has a 2.7 ERA. I think if he like really puts it together, he'll be great. I've yet to see him like, I'll put it this way. When I watch him pitch, it feels like he's dominating people. Like people do not know what to do with him. But he never exits a game and I'm like, man, what a complete start. Like every time Kershaw, you know, exited the mound for the first, I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't hold it together long enough yet. And that's what he's figuring out still. And I think he will. He's young. And and I think he will too. And like none of these players I think are bad, obviously. But it's just a bit bold. Uh, Speaking of a bit bold, Kyle Lewis. uh, Again, prisoner of the moment on this list. He's been a really nice surprise for the Mariners this season. A really nice surprise. And that's the exact phrase I would use. I would not say, oh, man, what an elite young talent. I would say, like, yeah, he's been really good. You know, he's hitting, I think he's just south of 300 now. But, you know, let's not lose our minds because at a certain point, if a guy's having a hot month, I don't think he deserves to be on the top 10 list of best young stars in baseball. (laughs) Uh, This next guy, number seven, should easily be number, like, four. I was just going to say, he be much higher. Much higher. Much higher. You watch, Bo Bichette's a guy, A, he's got the stats. He's hitting, like, I don't know what he's hitting right now, but at the time of this list, he was hitting 350, which is insane. Uh, you watch him play, and he is dynamic. He has got, there is, like, an acceleration to his game that is awesome to watch. His swing is so perfect, and he swings so hard. Uh Seven, seven behind Luis Robert and especially behind Kyle Lewis to me is insane. Uh, I think he's way better than that. And then all the way at number eight, you have Cody Bellinger, who here's what I will say. If you're going to say that Cody Bellinger has been in the league for three years and therefore he's not really the young star because young stars should kind of be like guys in their first or second year. I'll buy that. Right. But if you're going to put him on the list at all, he's got it. He's got to be, what, number two at, at the latest? You know, like, he's he's already won an MVP. He's got to be higher than number eight. And like, again, I'm not saying that there's not an argument to be made, like, he shouldn't be on the list at all. Or, you know, he's a little bit old to be considered a young star, which, you know, maybe in terms of service time. But if you're going to put him on there, put him there at number two. Uh, and then nine and ten, Chris Paddock, who again I, I would put higher on yes, the list, agreed. even though I know he's having a bit of a down season. But again, you just you watch him pitching, you're like this dude's a bulldog. Uh and and frankly, if you're putting Paddock on there, I mean I would probably put Jack Flaherty on there ahead of him. Uh, oh yeah. Who I believe. Is he not even on the list? He's not even on the list, and I think he's and cause cause so Cody and Chris Paddock are both twenty-four. So mm-hmm. I think we can safely say 24 might be the the cutoff and i'm looking him up right now i hope he's 25 he's 24 as well jack flaherty's 24 as well uh so i don't get it like i would argue jack flaherty especially like he put together a full dominant season last season a full yeah, dominant yeah. season he's really good that too. was better than paddock like it's <laughs> i don't understand it and then number 10 again another pitcher jesus luzardo who like he's the guy that we've been hearing is gonna be good for two years now. And it's he's been he's had a nice season this season. Like he's finally healthy enough to to pitch not even a full season, but most of a full season. You know, he's he's got a four three ERA, two wins, you know, a one point three whip. He's pitching nice. But like again, if if we're saying the cutoff is twenty four, how? Like who the fuck wrote this list? Do they it's it's again, it's back to that ESPN graphic. It's like do, do you guys watch baseball or 
What's going on here? It's the weirdest thing. And then other receiving votes. Yeah, I guess. Others receiving votes. Jack Flaherty, who's way better than, I would argue, every pitcher on this list. Yeah. Eloy Jimenez, who I kind of see the argument against. Gleyber Torres has got to be on this list. Exciting young players, he's there. Uh, Devers. And that's the, that's the only, yeah. I mean, maybe Zach Gallen, But at a certain point with pitching, it's tough <laughs> because some guys put up numbers, but they're not exciting. You know? Urias or Urias, I, I've heard it so many ways. Uh, not yet. He, yeah, it, but like yet. for me, there's a there's a very minimal. Well, you know, never mind. I'm not. Gonna say, I was about to say Uri- there's a minimal difference between Urias and Dustin May, but I, I would like to say that I don't believe that. I think Dustin yeah. May is way more exciting to watch. I'll give him that. But yeah, that's my list rant. Uh, nothing like ranting on a good on a good list. And then, which brings us to Bernie's movie corner with a movie that I have not heard of again. Yes. Uh, so I referenced this the last time that we uh, that we talked. Uh, there's this movie. It's called Cobb. Uh, full disclosure, I watched the first about five minutes of this movie. Okay. Uh, a, a 1994 American biographical film starring Tommy Lee Jones as Ty Cobb. Uh, I watched the opening scene. It was a bunch of old baseball reporters like debating who the best player in the history of baseball was. And there really is a great debate for that, right? I know that so this movie's 94, right? So it's like Oh, okay. It's- you can't really give him the benefit of Barry Bonds. You can't really give him the benefit of Mike Trout. Uh even theoretically A-Rod, even though A-Rod's definitely not one of the top 10 players of all time. Uh but in this scene, they're just like they're gathered around debating the best player and everybody like without hesitation is like it's Ty Cobb it's gotta be Ty Cobb oh gotta be Ty Cobb uh I, I there was something about this documentary that I found hilarious it was almost like they were trying to make baseball sexy they were kind of like oh yeah you know everybody knows Ty Cobb's the best player of all time and it's like Ty Cobb is everything that baseball used to be he's the guy who sharpened his cleat spikes so that he could cut people when he slid into bases he's the guy who you know he was Charlie Hustle before Charlie Hustle. Like, it's all this stuff. Uh, and I just, like, the first five minutes of it, I couldn't stop laughing. I was just like, do they, like, like I love baseball. Baseball is fun. It's relaxing. It's it's to be appreciated. It's super fun to play, in my opinion. Uh, the way that they made it out to just be this, like, sexy kind of epic sport <laughs> is, uh, is, I just couldn't stop laughing. Well, it's not. I was I mean... just like, what is this? I'm gonna to have to watch it now. And you, you didn't watch the whole thing. You only watched five minutes. No, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll do a watch party. All right. Well, let's. Yeah, we should. We should do a Zoom watch party. I would do a Zoom drink along to Cobb. All right. <laughs> and it's like I'm in. Drink every time that. I don't know. Honestly, a movie like Ty Cobb, I would not at all be shocked if it was like drink every time that something that Ty Cobb does would in no way be acceptable in 2020. <laughs> we'll have our morning podcast of uh, coffee and baseball, and we'll do a night podcast of wine and baseball. Wine. Oh, shit. <laughs> coffee and baseball after dark. We'll be, we'll be classy. Uh, you know one that we've got to talk about that I think you would love? Uh, there is this uh, failed, uh, I guess, uh, off-Broadway technically play that I got tickets to Back in 2013, I got tickets to a preview showing. It was called uh, Bronx Bombers. Uh, I forget if it's like based off a movie or something, but it's it was so bad. And um, the guy who plays 
George Washington in in the Hamilton musical plays Derek Jeter in it, and uh, uh, the next Bernie's movie corner, we're gonna have to switch it to Bernie's play corner because I've got to talk to you about this. You're gonna laugh your ass off. It's so fucking funny. I can't wait to watch it. Uh, or check. Or well, you'll well, never watch. I'll it. I'll never so watch it. Actually, it I just realized that. Like, <laughs> I can't wait to never see it. Uh, yeah. No, it was an off-Broadway play that they were that they were testing, and then it. It was so bad it did not get picked up. <laughs> Aww. All right, well, I can't wait to hear the full description over wine and baseball. Hell yeah, dude, over wine and baseball. Uh, we'll just keep having offshoots. Today, we'll have offshoots of this, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> midday snack in baseball, wine and baseball. Uh, yeah, insert food type in baseball is a franchise. You know, it's not just a one-off podcast that happens once every week to month. <laughs> yeah. No, this... We're, we're finding our groove again. We're going to get episodes up once a week, especially now that we're coming to the end of the season. We're going to hit playoffs, and then we're I not going to have anything to talk about. I for sure we're going to be all yeah. over, too, yeah. Yeah, so we'll do a better job. We've heard you guys. We've heard you all over <laughs> social media that we don't have telling us that you've been listening to the episodes we don't have. And uh, we'll, we'll give you more. We'll give you more. Yeah.